0: kind of Mrs. Doubtfire or some kind of dubious character, don't worry, I'll, I'll come on to that in just a moment, but just to sort of t- give a little bit of context on the next few weeks and where we want them to go, um, and this is Jesus in, in uh, John chapter 10, and he says to the Pharisees, notice this, uh, verse 1 of chapter 10, very truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber, and uh, He's alluding there. Just the, the people at the time, versed in the Torah and the scriptures, they would have known this whole metaphor of God's people like sheep, and the leaders like shepherds. And Ezekiel, in particular, was one of the prophets who railed against the leaders who went, just led the people astray and were were, were complacent, and indulgent, and did not do their work of leading and caring for God's sheep. And uh, Jesus is railing against them and he says, "You Pharisees, you know, you, you." Uh, it kind of, he's railing against religion, against empty, dead formulaic lifeless religion he says you guys are like thieves and and so later on he comes to a a verse that's maybe quite well known but i think sometimes misunderstood john 10 verse 10 the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy i have come that you may have life and have it to the full and i think sometimes we we we're not completely wrong to sort of assume that jesus in, in that particular verse is referring to the the devil, the enemy. But I'm not, I'm not sure he, he is primarily. He, he's talked about anyone sort of trying to be a shepherd by devious or uh, suboptable means. Just trying to run religion rather than, rather than inculcate life. You're like a thief and a robber, he says in verse one. And then, he, and then he says the thief comes in to steal, that's what robbers do, and kill and destroy. But I, by contrast, he says, I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness so just to tee up this series yeah living the vital life Not, not just that we're alert to what's going on in our minds although that's important and a key part of our life not just that we're paying attention to our physical health we, we're thinking a lot, aren't we, about hygiene and cleanliness. We, we're thinking a lot about physical health in this, in this season, this year. But it, it's not just that. It's not just our emotional health and well-being. The state of our, we might say, the state of our heart. We, we don't mean literally the organ that pumps blood around our bodies, although that's an important part of life as well. We mean kind of, um, in a, in a, in a, by way of analogy, metaphor, just our inside, our, our soul. And and, and particularly here, I'd want to pay attention because I don't think many other places do, many other conversations necessarily particularly think about how we are spiritually in terms of our relationship with the God who made us and with that which God is doing in one another as we connect with one another. How are you doing in the whole of your life? And and what we want to do is, if you like, offer a little bit of a diagnostic over the next few weeks, a a way in which we can kind of check in with ourselves and with others as to, am I living life and life in all its fullness? I'm not just physically fit or mentally alert, kind of in a a good place relationally, but but in every sense, including, maybe I'd want to say here, especially in terms of our relationship with, with God through Jesus by his Spirit. Am I living a full life? Because we, we often, we can get just with living life, was there's that, was that line in the musical, where is the life we've lost by living? I, in living life, sometimes we can lose a sense of perspective. I was just using this analogy this morning of, um, of the plant here. This is uh, I've rummaged around the vicarage. I found one plant that was living. Woo, small victories. And... Um, that plant is fully alive, it's in the soil, it's drawing up all the nutrients, um, and it is just, uh, it's fully alive, it's busy photosynthesizing right now, Um, oxygen, carbon dioxide, all that kind of stuff, that plant is fully alive, but if I bounce a ball in front of the plant, right, provocatively, right in front of the plant, it doesn't do anything. That is because the plant is fully alive within the realm of plantedness, but is dead to the possibility of play. Because if uh, we had a dog, sadly no longer with us, but if I had a ball and I threw the ball in the company of my dog, my dog would chase after the ball, bring it back, drop it at my feet, more. (laughs) And that would be an endless game. Throw the ball and the dog would, plant, nothing. Dog, that's because a dog is, is alive in a dog realm, which, is, which, is, which encompasses more than just a plant realm, in that it's open to the possibility of play. But if I sat our dog down, Connie, Labrador, pretty thick, but go with it. I sat her down and I said, Connie, what is the square root of 64? She'd just look at the ball. I mean, by the way, what is the square root of 64. You're on it. You see, you are alive to the realm of, of mathematics. There we are. It's one for the Director of Operations, who got a first in mathematics, by the way. Uh, alive to the realm of Connie the dog, dead to that. The plant, dead to that. Do, do you see how, as, as human beings, we, we are alive in, in, in different ways. And when Jesus says, I've come that you may have life, and life in all its fullness... Mm. He's he's talking about us being alive to everything alert to everything that <laughs> he has for us by his spirit. The thief comes to, to take that away to suck it out of us. I have come to fill you with life and life in all its fullness. Now, GCSE biology? A few? Yeah, I have got a I've got some medic in the front row. I'm in, under pressure now any living organism from the tiniest cell that you can only see under a microscope to let's say a a killer whale or one of the biggest mammals, animals or or, um, anything that purports to live so a a whole ecosystem Um, or you could apply it to a nation or to um, yourselves as human beings or we could apply it and that's what I'm looking to do here to uh, the church given that it's a body it's a family it lives any living thing will exhibit seven vital signs of life without which any of these signs if they're in, inhibited or absent in any way they will seriously damage or, or inhibit life if not actually end life and the seven vital signs as uh, um Laura alluded to uh, are kind of, you can remember them quite easily through the mnemonic Mrs. Gren. So, the seven vital signs of any living organism, movement, if you, if you, don't, if you don't move you die, I mean if you, you, see, you pop in the vicarage and you, and you see me sort of very still in a chair Sunday afternoon, I'm having a nap, it's great, fine. Come back the next day, I'm in exactly the same place, you think, hmm, interesting. He hasn't moved. Come back in a month, I'm in exactly the same place, and the only thing that's moving are the flies circulating above me. I've died. Movement, vital for life. Movement, respiration. That's not breathing. Breathing is part of the whole process of respiration. We'll come on to that. Sensitivity. If, if I'm not sensitive, like I, I just walk straight into a fire without reacting in some way, then I'll be burned, life harmed, or, or it might even kill me. G, growth, reproduction, excretion, healthy organisms need to work out the way of excreting those things that are harmful or toxic in order to live healthily, and nutrition, all living things need to feed in some way, so movement, respiration, sensitivity, growth, reproduction, excretion, nutrition. Those are the vital seven signs of life. And all living beings will exhibit that in one way, shape, or form. So what I thought I'd do is to just, um, it, this is going to be thematic over the next few weeks. We're just going to take each theme, today, movement, and think about that uh, with a view to applying it, as a, if you like, a diagnostic tool. To like, how am I doing? How healthy am I within the context of movement as a vital sign of life? How, how am I moving and responding to the stimulus of God in my life? Sound good? Like a plan? Yeah? Great. I mean, just, just, just on movement in creation, it's everywhere if we think about it. it's so many of these things we've kind of taken for granted. We, 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 we don't really think about. But movements, that's why, you know, that's why we all love Planet Earth. David Attenborough, You know those, those amazing um, documentaries of life on Earth Incredible, And of course, super slow-mo now enables us to fully appreciate um, the, the kind of, you know, like a herd of wildebeests kind of sweeping uh, majestically across the plain. Or it might be uh, the, just the sleeky, silky smoothness of a, of a killer shark uh, or the, the sort of sea life or the, the majestic glory of an eagle. And you look at movement everywhere. And we delight in movement as human beings. It brings us joy. Yeah, That's what we love about um, watching sport or uh, performance, theatre, dance. That's why we participate. We, 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 we're made to, to move with the rhythms that are around us in creation. Movement is, is uh, it, it, it just brings us joy, which is why it's frustrating to be a Fulham fan right at the moment, because the central defence is static. Not moving at all, just ushering their fellow attackers in. Top left, bottom right. You help yourself. Score again. Be my guest. But apart from them, everyone else seems to have got the message with movement—a vital sign of life. It's interesting. Even as we you think about it, we, we have an evening in on the sofa and we sit still. But actually, you physically you you may be quite still, but there's all sorts of things going on as you watch. Interesting. You watch a movie and and the movie moves you it stirs you to respond you you you're, you're moving even though physically you're still and of course i mean you're sitting still now but uh, in a physical sense but there's all sorts of things firing around your body your audio system and your neurological system and your cardiovascular system are all moving right now you are a hive of activity even though you appear to be sitting still. So it shouldn't surprise us that if the God who created this world of movement would, would put movement into the book of life, and there's movement everywhere. I want to just bring these two readings to you and encourage you as I read these two things, two, two passages, one at the beginning of um, uh, the, the story of God's people and one at the beginning of the story of Jesus here on earth and listen you, you, they'll both be fairly familiar um, to you one is the call of Abram in Genesis 12 if you, if you want to follow it so I'm not don't really take in about God calling Abram to go to a country just, just listen to the movement that is repeated time and time again in this little episode and then I'm going to read a little episode in Jesus' life just a typical little episode but again listen to the movement So Genesis uh, Genesis 12 verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. And he makes this great promise. Verse 4, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they'd accumulated and the people that they'd acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh in Shechem. And so it goes on, verse eight, from there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel, which used to be in California, but it's just here in Genesis chapter 12. And he pitched his tent. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Verse nine, then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. Movement, motion, traveling. And so starts the story of of God and His people. Uh, here's just a, a simple little episode in uh, in um, Mark chapter one. I'm going to read from um, verse 29. Again, just listen to the listen to the movement of Jesus and the movement around Jesus. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Movement. The story of God's people is is one of just perpetual movement. Just take that little episode from Jesus. He he hears of someone, uh, a mother of a good friend of his is ill. So he he goes, his compassion, he's drawn towards her and he heals her. And then he goes out and he starts to heal one or two others. And so the town hear about this and they move towards Jesus. And uh, the next day, Jesus, because he knows where he needs to be in his father's presence, so he goes away to a solitary place to pray with his father. And his disciples go, where is Jesus? We need Jesus here. Where's he gone? So they find him, and they say, Jesus, come back. We we need you here. And Jesus says, no, I've called to go on. And so he travels around, preaching uh, according to where his father leads him. Can Can you feel the sort of tension, the movement, we need you here, stay here with this village. No, I've got to go to other villages. Movement. Call, response, stimuli. This is what it is to move as we serve and follow God. Moving physically, or if you like, being moved, where we stay in the same place, because you to think, well, that's okay, Abram and Jesus, you know, they were kind of itinerant or nomadic. They, 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 that was their thing. But I'm, I'm settled. Where I've, I've got a house, I've got a job, and I feel God's called me to stay here. Yeah, sure. Physically called to a place. I, I, me too. I live next door. I feel very called cool to be here. I, I, I don't sense the Lord calling me in a physical sense to go anywhere else. But in terms of what he's stirring in me, in terms of what he's wanting to move within me, that's what the prophets were all about in the Old Testament. They railed against the people who'd got stuck in religious ruts, encrusted by their ceremonies and rituals. And, and they're, they're constantly looking to push and to shunt and to plead with the will. Come on, people, can you not see the marginalized and the widowed and the poor? Move. Be moved. Jesus' first command, according to Matthew, follow me. Jesus' last command, according to Matthew, go. In, in Matthew's gospel, in particular, there is this constant flow. He gathers the disciples and he sends them out. Then he gets them back in again for a plenary, a little bit of feedback, a bit more teaching, then sends them out and then gathers them in, out, in, constant flows, movement, Just pause to to ask, how are you moving in your life with the Lord? Who's he calling you to move to? What is he calling you to move away from? Movement occurs in response to to, to Stimuli. So what you need for this vital sign of life is external stimuli and an internal ability to respond to the stimuli. That's why a number of these signs kind of are closely linked or related. So movement and sensitivity go closely hand in hand together. And And often stimuli can... Can appear to be negative. We, we might say again in, this, in these sort of COVID times, "Oh, you know, woe, woe is us. We we we're restricted in our movement." I, the number of times I've had to check myself from moving towards shaking a hand or hugging someone. I know I can't. I, I've got to. I've got to be. I am inhibited in some way. But in the providence of God, providence just a teaching not that necessarily demands that God is in control of everything but that in everything that goes on in his world he is at work providence looking for God at work even if it appears that things are out of control COVID-19 where is God I don't know the answer to that but I I deeply suspect he is working through the opportunities that it's throwing up as we are moved shifted So, the, the, as with us today, so, so in the early church, in the, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, persecution comes and the church is scattered. And you think, oh, that's going to be the end of the church. No, not a bit of it, because wherever they went, they started to talk of the signs and wonders that they've seen. If They talk of God at work in their lives. And the church grows. God uses opportunities. If we're in capable of doing x or y or relying on x or y then maybe it opens up a or b or c here i am smashing up the hardware that we've just um so wonderfully bought uh, and there's a camera at the back welcome to everyone watching online it's so great to have you with us we may not have got around to doing this as soon as we have were it not for covid restrictions so god has moved us to respond to the current circumstances in order that more people can attend. We've had people physically present at our 8 a.m. and also record numbers, it's all relative, but record numbers for the 8 a.m. tuning in online. We're reaching more people. We've got plans for Christmas, just, they're just plans so I can't say much more, just, we're thinking them through, but um, where I think we're gonna, we're gonna reach way more people in our community through Christmas than ever we would have done before with our traditional carol services. And we wouldn't have thought of doing this were it not for COVID pushing us, a stimulus, and we're trying to respond, and God works and and comes alive. He inculcates His life in the response. A couple of things. Just as I say, what I'll do is this is less a sort of systematic exposition. It's more here's a theme let me throw out a few things and Will and others will throw out a few things and then you, know, you, you play with them through the week in your life groups, triplets um, or just as you reflect yourself um, temptation there's a, there's a stimulus but it's a deceitful one it, it, it promises life hey do this indulge in this waste a bit of time doing this and, and you will feel the better for it no ultimately you won't It titillates and tantalizes in the short term, but it won't ultimately satisfy. But very often, temptation is something that it's difficult to move away from. It's all around you in the office or in the workplace or in your household, the the, the sort of pressure to conform. Uh, And so it isn't always, sometimes we just have to, the Bible talks about standing. It says if you can flee, it talks about fleeing sexual immorality. But sometimes within tests and trials, temptations to stand this is into another of the vital signs of life this is how we grow we'll touch on this last week you know growth is resistance based so we can't flee okay so i stand and with the power of god i will grow so not moving against resistance strengthens me Just a thought from this morning, as reflecting on this, we, we, we have our uh, sort of family all age, all the kids are in, so all the ages and everything. So we do the services slightly differently. And one of the things we do is have a game and uh, to, to kind of try and illustrate the point. And so we had a great big game of um, human snakes and ladders, these kind of comedy dice which were thrown up, and uh, on the screen were what each of the numbers represented. So number one, two steps forward, number two, three steps back, number four, and so on. Because kind of backwards and forwards like human snakes and ladders. And so we had two volunteers started at that pillar, and all they had to do was get to that pillar. And we had several rounds. And, you know, the, the girl and the boy, and um, the girl made great strides. Nearly there. Oh, and then the next one, she throws it all the way back to the start. And it was, it was, so it was. Slinks and ladders. Nearly there, not quite. And the game went on for as long as, and, you know, we kind of called a whole timeout. It, interesting. We called timeout, and there wasn't a winner. No one got to the pillar. But there'd been loads of movement that had engaged us. Oh, well, they know, back there, go, winning, nip and tuck, who's the... And I was thinking about it this afternoon, and I thought, what if life is not actually about getting there? What if what if life the, the life that Jesus calls us to live is about being present where we are? We may be going forward or we may be going back. Lily Tomlin, I think it was, who said, The trouble with the rat race is that even if you win, you're still a rat. Maybe it isn't about all this, all this energy and effort and focus we put into getting there. And, and the lie, this is the subtle temptation, it's, if we work out now, and oh, we'll get there, we'll get there, then we can stop. Then we can just go, ah, really? Is that a vital sign of life to just go, ah, it's a lie. Even if physically or psychologically you tell yourself you're just stopping, you're not. The, 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 your, your body still has to work. It's telling you something. We still have to move to be vital, to be alive to God. There's no retirement in the kingdom of heaven. Praise God, you're always living, always learning. Every day is a small day. You're moving, maturing, growing. It's a myth to think that life is we'll get there and then yes. It's a myth that will ruin life in you. We keep moving in response to where God calls us and leads us. I'll finish with this. Just in these in these COVID times, I just think we have an amazing opportunity to think about the way in which God is calling us to move and on where he's calling us to move and to whom he's calling us to move. Do, do, do you notice that the buzzwords uh, around sort of how we organize oneself, ourselves, be it in sort of the political realm or the sociological realm, just how you know, people, groups, organizations and so on. The buzzwords are all movement related. You know, it's all about the nudge or the shift or the lean. Or of course in, in COVID, time, I particularly I noticed pivot. Did you know how we all had to pivot? That's a movement. We're all being, actually, suddenly, all all the while, we're being encouraged to move, to shift perspective, to shift our position. What are the shifts that need to take place in our societies? We, please God, don't go back to normal. Because normal was pre-Black Lives Matter normal was pre when we didn't notice those people that we didn't notice in our little blinkered silos and and covid has kind of just widened that some of the protests some of the roads whatever you think about the black lives matter movement nevertheless it's it's smashed open open wide the blinkers oh my goodness i hadn't seen that was a blind spot in me i don't want to go back to blind spots i want to go forward to building back better how will we do that differently Where do we need to move? David Goodhart has uh, recently published a book. He's a kind of academic who just um, sort of analyzes and critiques the culture in which we live. Head, hands, heart. And the the premise of his book is that we have basically, our sort of liberal... Sort of the liberal ruling classes in the last two, gener- two decades the last sort of generation or so ha- have focused far too much on wh- what he calls cognitive elitism so for example the number of polytechnics that, you know, have changed to become universities the, the aspiration is that everyone goes to university you, you get a sort of tertiary education that's the, that's the great goal if you like of, of how we're going to radically improve society, but, it, but he makes the point. It, well, in COVID times, who were we clapping on a Thursday evening? Or was it Thursday evening? Yeah, we, uh, one of the even, whichever evening it was, when we clapped, we we weren't clapping the the cognitive elites. We were ca- clapping the care workers, not not the heads. It was the hearts and the hands. We were clapping and, and recognizing that my goodness, we need the delivery van drivers and we need the shop assistants and we need the people who basically serve us through this, this kind of sociological trauma. We've, we've overlooked them in the past, but boy, how we need them now. How, great, how grateful we are for them. We, David Goodhart would argue, we need to shift, change, move our worldview, our perspective laura mentioned earlier about you know just a reminder of being salt and light so how is god i'll leave you with this how is god calling you afresh to be salt and light as you move amongst the people god's called you to live amongst movement it's a vital sign of life I've come that you may have life, life in all its fullness, Jesus says. And as we pay attention to the way in which we move and allow God to move us, we will live well for him. Let's pause. just recognize the fact that the Spirit of God is moving now. He's present in this place and moving amongst us. He's stirring us. There's another movement word. Some of you, your minds are firing. Some of you, your heart, as it were, is pumping. Some of you, kind of, it's almost like you've It's almost a sort of itchiness, physical sort of, you kind of tapping your foot or drumming your fingers because you, this is the Lord showing you relative to who he's made you to be, how to respond. Some of you want to think about this. Some of you want to uh, just connect, to rapport, to discern, to hear God in every element of your life by way of response. Some of you want to do stuff. in some way, shape or form it'll involve a movement Lord how are you calling me to move this week to move to positive stimuli to move away from negative stimuli Rather right now, sensitize us. Another vital sign, make us sensitive to your prompts, your leading, your challenge.